0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Awesome Woodies. Awesome Woodies are the original portable hangboard company made by hand here in Australia. They were making these boards years before anyone else. Maybe you've seen their boards hanging off the cliff or a tree at your local crag. They're everywhere. And do you know why? Because they work. Nothing else is going to get you warmed up for your project like the cliffboard will. No more shall you pull onto your project with unrecruited fingers. No more shall you burn precious skin doing extra warm-ups. The Awesome Woody's Cliffboards are here for you. They love you and want you to be ready for a full day of awesomeness. Their Cliffboards still lead the way with quality, durability and functionality. Plus, they weigh almost nothing. Take the Cliffboard Petite, for example, one I personally designed with the team. It weighs 280 grams. Mate, My Vegemite sandwich nearly weighs more than that. The cliff boards are also great if you don't have the ability to have a proper hangboard set up at your home. If you do have space for a fixed hangboard or campus board though, Awesome Woodies have got you covered. The homeboy hangboard is the boss. The wood edges on this board are super comfortable to spend a lot of time hanging from, even when you've trashed yourself all weekend at the crag. Awesome Woodies can also cover your campus board with all the grips you need. Campus rungs in four different sizes, sloper rails and half balls. Everything is there for you to power up. Now, for those of you into a minimal aesthetic or just like boning down, Awesome Woodies have got edgies. Pairs of six, eight and ten mil edges made out of premium Tassie oak, which is sourced from sustainable plantations. So not only do these edges look the goods, they're doing good. In fact, all the Awesome Woodies products are made from sustainably sourced timber. Their commitment to the environment and quality really sets these guys apart from the rest. So head to awesomewoodies.com, chuck in baffledays at checkout for 15% off your next piece of game-changing equipment. G'day everyone. Welcome to the Baffle Days podcast. I'm your host Tomo O'Halloran, and tonight we have a, well tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, this morning, it might be 6am on the Sydney trains. Uh, good morning to you. Anyway, here we are talking about red pointing and the top four reasons or four reasons why we didn't send. Uh, tonight, to help us on the journey, I have my co-host and partner, Amanda Watts.
1: Do I say good morning to everyone on the trains or do I just say hello?
0: Well, whatever you feel like. Good morning. Oh, hello. Yeah. What was the Jim Carrey movie? Good morning, <laughs> good evening and good night if I don't see you later on, whatever it is. What was it called?
1: <laughs> I can picture it. Good afternoon, yeah. good morning, good night or Yeah.
0: Something. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to help us on our journey, your journey on the train this morning, uh, we have Leah and Norrie otherwise known as Leah Dempsey and Matthew
2: Norgrove.
3: Hey guys, thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us on the podcast.
0: Um, And so we've all gone red pointing in the past um, and sometimes it's worked and sometimes it's not worked. And
1: um, I think more often it doesn't work.
0: Most of the time it does not work. And so we've all come here tonight with a reason why each of us has not sent uh, to hopefully impart a bit of knowledge to you all um, and you can learn from our mistakes and we can all move forward together
1: and be clipping chains
0: clipping chains yes that's what we want to be doing or slings wrapped around trees if you're at some obscure tread climbing area or something like that Um, or you know I don't know maybe you're ice climbing there's some like scrimmings (laughs) or summiting Everest Man just lost it. We're not, man. Keep, keep going. I'm enjoying this.
1: Tonight's going to be a long-winded episode with at least ten examples for every sentence spoken.
0: I do like explaining myself because uh, I have to. Anyway, um, let's keep on cracking. Um, Nori, why have you not sent in the past?
2: Okay, so there's a number of reasons that I have not sent in the past, but the one particular reason that I'm going to discuss this evening is, um, is probably because of tunnel vision. To explain my story, it's been one of my recent projects, um, and the roots called Cheese Change. It's now, now called Cheese Change, and it was originally known as the Cheesy Afro Box. Uh, it's a 33 down in Nara, um, and it basically starts up a classic 30 called Cheese Monster that a lot of people are familiar with. A lot of people have maybe even done as their first 30. Um, but basically, it climbs the start of that, and it's probably I don't know, grade 29 to a semi-decent rest with double heel hooks, and then it wraps up with a, a V9-ish boulder problem out through a, straight out through a roof and then the last move is quite a a hard jump at the end anyway um i had didn't have the the cleanest run with it and then i hurt my knee trying the crux and then i couldn't get on it for probably the best part of six weeks i came back to it six weeks later seven weeks later and the knee was good enough i could wear a brace and i could do the you know the, the the move that hurt my knee um and i had a few really good burns on it which pretty much took me to the last move and i had um few burns where I was just falling off the last move which is still quite hard but you know you're definitely in with a good chance at sending the thing and I just needed to take a short step away from it and I needed to you know go and do some bouldering and I was pretty certain that that would get me across the line and I could do it um so I went away for a little while sort of did some boulders you know um started doing some four by four power endurance sessions in the gym and um and came back to it a few weeks later and felt really good pretty sure i could send the thing
1: so what does the weekend look like you get on do you just you warm up and then you have a red point burn
2: yeah pretty much so on this particular shot i end up falling quite low um and it's on a move which requires a pretty accurate heel toe cam and um there's there's a little toe scuff and always been this tick mark in a particular position where you get the toe scuff and it's so critical if you don't get it in the right spot like within you know sort of a few mil either side of the point the move is just desperate climb up first time feeling really good sort of get to the rest shaking out mentally I'm there you know i'm going to do the thing uh not feeling pumps, i just had to launch into this boulder and get it done fall off the heel toe move oh must have just been bad luck you know up it a second time, same thing happens again. Third time. Get through the crux move with this heel toe move, but I'm so gassed by the time I get to the last move that I'm just not in with a chance whatsoever. And um was feeling pretty demoralized because I really thought that this was gonna be the day. Um so went home that evening sort of sitting around the dinner table going, oh, jeez, you know, why didn't I do this thing? Laying in bed, you know, not sleeping, going, oh, man. I thought that it was going to happen for sure. And went back the next morning, nearly wasn't going to get on it, so I was going to wrap it up for the season and just move on to something else. But I thought, well, I can't really do that and go away just being, you know, totally unhappy with my efforts. So I went up it again and then found the little tick mark that I was so heavily dependent and reliant on being in the right position had this actually a heel toe. Yeah. Yeah. So that where my toe was supposed to sit, that tick mark had been moved. <laughs> very conveniently scrubbed out with a brush, so I couldn't see the old tick marker moved about a centimetre to the right to the worst position on the toe catch. <laughs> so it was it was a good feeling because I'm like, oh, cool. Well, now I know why I was falling off the bloody thing. But truth be told, when I actually was trying to get through that section, I was trying so hard I'd talk my left knee and I'd hurt my left knee, oh. which, <laughs> which sort of hampered my subsequent attempts at trying the thing again. Uh, but anyway, that's my sort of story about tunnel vision. And I think, um, you know, what I can take away from that is sometimes you get fo- so fixated on actually doing a project and thinking that you should be able to do something that you don't pay attention to the the minor details that actually are, are needed to send something. Yeah, we
0: just get so fixated on how things are meant to feel and what what it should be and, and, and everything. is You just like take it for granted. It's like, boom, yep, it's going to happen. And I always... Um, I've had this long-standing project for a while now down at um, the Underworld called Humper Trouble. And each, it's been, 2020 was my fourth season on. It was short-lived because I ended up injured, unfortunately. Um, But each time I come back after each season, I approach it as if I've never tried it before. It's like, it's an entirely fresh new project. Because you don't know what kind of strengths that you've gained over the off season or or whatever or new skills or and so it's just like okay cool given that this is a blank canvas what would i do sometimes those new sequences don't lead you anywhere and sometimes they do and you know you've had a awesome new beta change but yeah it's been a good approach i feel like to just like have it an entirely open mind and and get away from that, like, the tunnel vision that we have when we're trying to red point. Like, it's really easy to come back and be like, boom, like, this is exactly what is meant to happen. And we, we get so fixated on the minutiae of the project and, and the move and everything. But I and think you also take discount big easy
1: sections and you... Yeah. I think, like, that, that warm-up thing is something that I think is worth a bit of debate because... Sure, yeah um you know i see it on a route i've been trying down at baronia um like the people that i'll be climbing it with will warm up on something often the 22 so mm-hmm. I'll link up and then they'll jump straight on the project and have a red point burn mm-hmm. but um you know tom and i i think in my second life as a climber post child um now i do a draw to draw which might be that i climb it in three sections or two sections and break it down and like brush all the holds and get my head around each section again remember my little beta tweaks um helps me get my head in the zone and I have less chance of stuffing it up I think I mean as a because my brain's so busy because usually I've walked out the door with Audrey not wanting me to go climbing or something <laughs> I need that headspace change but it's yeah it's interesting you don't you can't miss a tick mark being in the wrong place when you go up a route like that yeah 100 percent. and i've got some climbers in america i work with and i suggested to them because they keep moving uh keep falling off the last move and i said how are you warming up and they're just warming up on a hangboard Mm. and i said i think you're not warmed up enough you're getting like a flash pump right at the end of your route Mm. but it's so long that she doesn't want to warm up on it and go draw to draw but um, but I think possibly if she did break it down or even go halfway up the route, that it might help her head get in the game a bit better. I don't know. What do you think?
2: No, I, I certainly agree. And especially if the route is is kind of bouldering, you need to warm up to those particular moves. Mm. And, you know, in, in hindsight, I guess where I was challenged the most on, on this route that I've been trying is actually... Um, the boulder section right at the end, which is mm-hmm. which is obviously the crux where everyone struggles. But, you know, I think there's obviously, maybe not obviously for me, but there's definitely merit in actually pulling on and trying those moves when you're not on link to really mm-hmm. warm up and recruit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and along the way, as you say, brush the holds, check the tick marks, <laughs> make sure that they're in the right position. So when you're actually having a good solid red point burn, um, those little things aren't going to bring you unstuck Mm. but just going back to our discussion about the the tunnel vision thing as well i've also learned um that beta videos are great you know (laughs) you know whether it's right or wrong like if i'm trying something one of the first things i'll do and i come home you know after trying a hard root or a boulder is type in the (laughs) type in the name of the (laughs) boulder or the root in google and i'll go right i'm gonna get some beta <laughs> right so so of course cheesy the afro box you know that's exactly what i do a couple of videos come up you know some crushes dan fisher um tom and uh you know i had an old video of zach there as well and you really get tunnel visioned into these the, the beta that you see in that video right so you're like that's how dan did it that's how i'm gonna do it right so i think there was a lot to take away from that as well because subsequently, and look, I haven't sent the route yet, but subsequently I'm doing the, the beta quite differently to to Dan. So, you know, it's just a good example of how you can end up going down that rabbit hole and not actually trying the beta that's going to work for you and help you send. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah,
0: exploiting, like, what, what are my strengths and weaknesses? Like, uh, am I good at this? And not, like, rehearsing the exact, choreography of someone else mm, I think like, um, got different. Yeah.
1: Leah and I would I think we had all oh, so used to having to find our own beta yeah. because the yeah the beta videos somebody might be taller stronger um, yeah. yeah
3: well I think um, it was interesting Nora. you say that because I think I had gone up just up for an, for an exp- exploratory rap lap sorry up cheesy just to kind of suss out what I was belaying you on this whole time And I remember finding that high right foot kind of entering the crux sequence. And I was like, oh, Nori, like, are you using this high foot? Like, it makes that move so much easier. And you're like, what right foot?
2: Yeah, it's not the first time this has happened. Like, normally I'm like, (laughs) if I'm struggling with something, I go, Leah, go up this route and she'll unlock all these bits of beta. And it's like, oh, cool. Now I'll send. (laughs) But I think there's
3: also a bit of, like, sometimes it's good to be tunnel vision, but I think... Sometimes you put so much energy into that that you just burn out so much faster as well. I think that's... It's, mm. it's
2: weird because stubbornness, stubbornness works against you, but as a climber, it also works in your favor, right? But I think, it, you know, if I wasn't as stubborn as I am, um, I wouldn't climb things that I've, I have in the past, but it's my stubbornness that stops me from doing things. Does that make sense? Like 100%. It's, it's I think this,
0: everyone can agree- yeah. Can, yeah, has experienced that.
2: Yeah, and I think it's just this fine line. But as you say, you know, and and when I get back on the thing next season, the first thing I'll do is I'll approach it with a, an open mindset and actually try a different beta. Um, and who knows, I might be stronger in different ways that I didn't think yeah. I would be and I might find beta that's more efficient and helps me do All the right. thing. We're going to yeah.
1: type up a contract right now and you have to sign it. Sure,
2: where is it? <laughs> Get me a pen. <laughs> <laughs> a quill. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, totally. There'll be an element of magic to this. <laughs> Absolutely,
2: yeah.
3: I can relate to the walking away and coming back with a fresh set of eyes like mm. that happened to me on Search and Destroy. like. I kept falling like 10 million times, like the same move over and over. And then walked away, cause it was winter and it was really cold and came back like a few weeks ago. And I think I was just having, I felt really tired on this particular day. So I was like, oh, I'll just work this move that I keep falling on and see if there's anything that can help me. And then I found like this teeny tiny hole that gave me just that extra oomph to get me to this hole without falling. and. Yeah, like I just had this fresh set of eyes, and I was just open to more, yeah, to different beta, and yeah, that was the beta that helped me get to the top. And I think for you, that's kind of something that is good for you to focus on, and yeah, just have an open mind and not think about what you used to do and what you used to feel good or what used to feel bad. Like just come back to it fresh. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I
2: think um, it can just come down to the day as well. You know, your your mood on that particular day and. You know, um.
1: I think also if you're just having red point goes, so particularly on a route like Cheese Change, aka the Afro Box, um, I think because when you come off, you fall into space, and it's quite tempting to not want to boink back up. So you're having a red point go where you're just doing rehearsed beta, another red point go, another red point go, Mm. not boinking up, not ever refining anything then yeah you're just in the same pattern of movement the whole yeah, time that's and
2: that's a yeah. super valid point as well and and because of that because like really you skip for me anyway i skip the last couple of draws so mm. if you fall off you know you know the third last move or something you're bombing down and you got to boink up eight meters <laughs> mm. and nobody wants to do that that's right? a pain <laughs> in the <laughs> totally totally it's not mm. it's not fun for anyone it's not fun for yourself it's not fun for the belayer i didn't like it and uh <laughs> and you know so so you you approach it that style of route you approach in a different way to something that's a lower angle right yeah so it, it's yeah it's almost as if if you fall off you're far more reluctant to be like okay i'm gonna pull up i'm gonna bounce up i'm gonna work the beta and make sure i don't make that same mistake again you end up coming to the ground and then you're like oh well, i'm on the ground now well by the time i have a rest i might as well just have another shot Mm -hmm. so you fall into this pattern of just trying the damn thing over and over again Mm -hmm. and you're not actually going up and refining the beta you should be Mm -hmm. refining to do it so yeah, and, and, and I've I've had that similar occurrence on steep routes in the past just because yeah, it's an epic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bouncing
0: up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you just fall into space and it's like ah oh, screw it. Yeah, I'm totally. Yeah. I'll yeah. oh, yep.
2: come down. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay, it's definitely gonna go down next year now. Unless yeah, we, well, get, a we <laughs> get a breezy day. We might get a breezy day still.
2: <laughs> I Matthew
0: James Norgrove <laughs> <Yeah>. commits <convinced laughs> to doing cheesy afro <laughs> I
2: need to get either one of you two psyched to go down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amanda's psyched. I am. Yeah. I just need to bring a the day. mosquito repellent.
1: That's okay. Yeah. I've got two cans actually in my climbing pack. Yep. Just in case I drop one somehow.
0: Arrow Bushman sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. And the fans for summer. Um, Amanda, <laughs> what is the reason that you did not send?
1: Oh, there's two equal reasons, I suppose. Um,. I guess I wanted it to feel easy. I wanted what did to you want to feel easy? The route. So, um, I'll talk about um, Mr Magoo, which took me about nine years longer than it should have done to do it. Um, so, it's a 27, that probably could be a 28, at Diamond Falls. Uh, really cool climbing, bouldery, I guess you'd say. Diamond Falls in the Blue Mountains. In the Blue Mountains. Um, kind of bouldery little route bit scary in the middle but that bit was never an issue for me in terms of doing the moves i found them pretty straightforward and then the top has like a traverse and a really long draw like is the draw a meter long that you've got on there feels like it's pretty long i think
2: mine was three meters (laughs) when i did it
1: (laughs) it feels like three meters
2: the belay could clip it for (laughs) you yeah pretty
1: (laughs) much it's probably a a 60 centimeter sling that you put on it because it's really hard to clip um And then you traverse right of it and then you have to climb up the side. And it was just um, on quite easy ground, but it always just felt intimidating. Um, And so my experience of that uh, back then when (laughs) when I did Mr. Magoo, there weren't as many girls climbing, certainly nowhere near as many as there are now. And I'd go down with, let's say, Zach, Virtues, Lee Cossey, Ben Cossey, James Scarborough may have been there sometimes, Vince Day and Justin Clark. And then there'd be little old me. And the guys were ultra supportive. There was none of that tos- toxic masculinity that everyone talks about. They were awesome. Um, you know, they'd bring their poo around on a rock and show you that, how big it was, that kind of stuff. There was lots of sharing <laughs> <laughs> that happened.
0: This is what was inside of me and I can share
2: it with you all.
1: <laughs> it was more like, oh my God, look how big this, this means that don't have to
2: be as reserved at the crag when I climb with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've seen you chasing Leah to fart <laughs> on her. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, you get there with those guys. Um, they're all climbing really hard. They're establishing new routes. And so Mr Magoo was the warm-up for them. It's just what they did, which was awesome for me because it meant that I didn't have to get the long draw on myself because at the time there, it was really hard to get on because the route to the left wasn't there. You can get the draw on from that now. So... They all cruise up it, cut a couple of laps, and then I go to do it. And um, it felt different to how it looked when they did it. That's one thing that was happening. And also, I just shit myself when I got to the last draw. And so I think basically, first go up, I'd sorted all the moves out and probably could have done it. This is
0: it your first go on it ever. ever. Like,
1: I don't, I, it's so long ago, I don't remember. But it's one of the, you know, I spent, years trying to red point it looking like um i was going to win the comp every time and then not because i'd i wanted it to feel when i got to the hard it wasn't even hard like the traverse at the top i didn't want to feel at all pumped i wanted it to feel super easy because that's how i thought it should feel and then i would know i wasn't going to fall off and i knew then that i didn't have to fall Mm. (laughs) And yeah. Yeah, so on a really you're long expecting
0: thing. it to feel the way that it looked when you watch someone else climb yeah.
1: it. Yeah. And the other thing is, you can't see, like, I, I know you and I talk about it a lot, Tom, because we climb together a lot. And, like, a lot of the time when you're on something hard, you're screaming. And so I can tell that it's hard. Um, but on anything up to, I don't know, whatever grade, 32, it just looks like a walk in the park. And so when I've always climbed with people that are climbing it on the hardest routes and if and the routes, you know, at that time that Mr. Magoo wasn't exactly easy, but um but yeah, you felt like it shouldn't feel at all hard in your body, I suppose. And it felt like there was something wrong when it did.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. I remember one of my first coaches telling me Good climbers never look like they're about to fall off, because they're so like good at climbing, and and their skills are so proficient when they're pumped and everything that. <laughs> Would they you keep. now
1: say that you thoroughly disagree with that person?
0: Um, no, I think that you you, you look at someone, and you're like, well, why'd you fall off? Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've been that person where I've fallen off, and someone's like, man, you look like you were cruising. You're like, I was maxing out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that even though it looks like the climbers may be doing it easily, they're trying really hard. And it just, climbing is hard and it takes a lot.
1: I think when you watch people do hard boulder problems, they look from the outside, they look easy. And I mean, their face is looking at the wall, so you can't see how hard they're trying Mm. to hold on to something. And if they are cutting their feet off and having to pull really hard, it just looks rad. It doesn't look how hard they're trying. And I think, um, you know, having, having climbed with all of you, I mean, Leah, you're not much of a screamer on a route, I have to say.
3: <laughs> no, I guess not. No. <laughs> Up until recently, though, I think Nori can vouch for that. I've been screaming.
2: Yeah, but it's still... It's still a bit of a mouse squeak compared to, <laughs> compared to the average screamer on the you know, weekend send. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, watching Tom on the project at NARA or, um, yeah, if I think about how, how much more I want to dig deep to try hard these days, like, I mean, yeah, Tom could wake the dead, I think, when he's... Mm. You think from the first scream, okay, he's probably got four more moves and he's off and somehow he's still on. And I think when you can hear the noise of how hard someone's trying, it's helpful. Mm -hmm. But, and I mean, even on Mr. Magoo for all those guys warming up on it for the grade 33 or whatever they were trying that day, they, it wasn't, it didn't climb like a 22 for them. You know, it's, they still had to try and they still had to pull, but they don't come to the ground and talk about how it felt for them. You know, oh gosh that third move i have to really pull and contract my forearm while my abs are working hard but i think it would be i know it's probably an interesting thing actually to ask someone that's warming up on your project how it felt for them
0: remember actually watching one of the world cups in last year the 2019 season and yanni garnbret was talking through her she won the comp and just looked like she was on cruise control for the entire entire final route for the female comp and um She was talking to the commentator. It's just like giving it a a debrief of the whole route. And she's like, I I felt like I was about to fall off the entire time. But it looked like she was cruising. So I think that's an interesting thing is it just like, yeah, that that difference between maybe it looks different to how it feels. And so, you know, you, you can't get too tied up in how it looks for someone and how you should then feel doing it
3: Mm -hmm. i guess it's probably a little bit of like imposter syndrome too like you feel like i don't know if you've got these other guys crushing you know you you warm your project as they warm up like i don't know i'd probably there's been a few times where i feel a bit of imposter syndrome like oh should i be on this climb like oh two of my projects at
1: the moment it's like
3: yeah and that's i come home and i say
1: to tom do you think i can actually do it and he's like if I could use your body right now, you would have done it three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can do it right exactly. now. Yeah. yeah. So I've had some good advice though around that. And um, one of the things that I was given advice to do was, you know, often most of us visual- visualize the route before you're going to do it or mm-hmm. you visualize it when you can't get to sleep at night in whichever way you decide to do that. And um, Lee Cossie actually told me he said, do you – when you're visualising, do you think about how it's going to feel each section of the climb? So, you know, we visualise ourselves going through the crux of a climb or through the bit that we fall off. Um, might be past crux, p- past the crux. And we we visualise it as if we're watching Dave Graham in a movie or Janja Garbrek mm-hmm. in the World Cup. And you don't attribute any feeling in your arms, or like how hard it's going to feel, or anything like that, or the discomfort level. So I've been trying now to practice thinking about. So if I if I got to talk to my um, before I red pointed Magoo person, it would have been okay. How are you going to feel when you get there? You're going to feel really nervous, a bit scared. Arms are going to feel a bit pumped. But you know that even if you're at 60%, you can still do those moves. You can still do those moves at 80% of pumped. So, and then trying to imagine what that's going to feel like, I think is really helpful.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, I think imagining, imagining yourself feeling pumped or, you know, trying really hard, but still in control and doing it.
1: I guess one question I would have for um, for you three then is how perfect does it have to feel or how... How comfortable are you not having the beta dialed and uh, like a foot coming off? Like, you know, you can see someone's foot come off or they fumble a hold and they go, ah,
3: and almost let go
1: because it didn't quite go right. So, yeah, is that how it works for you or are you happy to be adaptive?
3: Um, I think that I've definitely grown to become more adaptive and not – have to feel perfect in every hole Like I know there's been a few climbs lately Where I've, it's definitely looked like chopped liver When I've climbed <laughs> it Where it feels like, you know Kind of like what we're discussing now But like I don't feel like it looked pretty If someone mm. were to watch me her, But Her
2: else. foot popped off twice on the send of search and destroy mm-hmm. And uh, I Which was kind a 32, a, a super bouldery yeah. like Don't like want your foot to pop n- off Not
0: very forgiving, 32 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going up
2: she might be off here she might be off here oh she's at the top oh she's clipping the anchor oh (laughs) wow but it's a good um, example of mind over matter in some cases I've had a number of cases like I've sent routes where I've had the same thing foot slip or you don't quite get that hold that that you think is critical you don't quite get it right and in your head you're going oh I can't do this thing I got the hold completely wrong my foot slipped off I'm not going to have the gas to do this but there's been a couple of occasions where I've pulled through and I've clipped the chains on in that particular situation which, and I think as a result I've grown from that. So now I've had those couple of experiences. I'd like to say if it happens again that I've, I've got the, mm. the mind power to push through. doesn't always. In fact, more often than not it doesn't. But, but I've learned from those experiences. It's yeah. pretty
1: funny I've got this problem I set. Um, at the bolo where we train in Blackheath, and i showed it to a couple of friends today and it it was a contrived problem in that i made them match on a particular hold i set it so you had to match on a hold and so you had to go again on another hold and you had to move your foot to a specific foot and drop knee to a particular hold and we had a debate because they're like i just i would front step that move i wouldn't drop knee that move like it's just not how I would do the move. And I'm like, that's the point. Mm. The point is to put you into a less comfortable position. Sure. Yeah. Because sometimes you, a root's going to force it or your foot might pop and you might band or into a position like that. Like mm. this, we're training and the whole point of this problem was to simulate something a bit less comfortable. It was, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting people's mm-hmm. approach to that stuff.
3: I think that's where like, like definitely like flashing and on-siding like practice definitely helps you with, Being you know, more adaptive. Trying to red point, yeah, and become mm. adaptive. If your foot pops or your finger doesn't get the hold quite right, and not knowing what the
1: hold's going to be like when you get it,
0: and I I think too, it's like I've done a bunch of onsiding in the past, and it's just like there's quite a few routes that I've got in mind that I would never have onsided if I'd gone into the I should just say take, which I've nearly said a few times on those onsides, like ah fuck, I'll just take, I'll just drop off. It's like, no, nah, just keep going. It's like you're not off until you're off. Mm-hmm. It's like, do not let go, do not give up. It feels hard. And like I don't want a red point to feel easy. I want to snatch that first opportunity that I have to red point a route. It's gonna feel hard. It's not mm-hmm. gonna feel easy. And it's just gonna If like, it does
1: feel easy, you probably need to step up the grade of the roots yeah. you're red pointing.
0: Yeah, it's just like you you've just gotta take that first opportunity snatch at it and just give it everything and rock climbing's hard
3: mm. Mm. that's why we like it
0: Yep. Mm. i think we can leave it there there's our first two tunnel vision and expecting it to feel easy we're gonna go have some dessert now because it is dinner time not train time and um we'll come back with number three and number four And we are back from our pavlova break with cream and berries and cups of tea and milky top photos and all sorts of other yummy, yummy, yumminess. We are ready to wrap into the second half of our four reasons why we did not send. Leah, why have you not sent?
3: Many reasons, but I would say, so there's one climb for me which sticks out. Um, I think you guys were there, actually. You, Tom and Amanda, when I first tried it. Equaliser. Um, in Upper Shipley. In upper the Shipley, Mountains. yep, that's it. Um, test yeah. T- test piece 28. Yeah. 31. I was going to take it as 31. <laughs> what well, was put up as
2: that 31? I don't know yeah. how they climbed it, but yeah.
3: It's 28, 31, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, test piece 28. Um, I think I went up figured out the moves like relatively quickly it felt and then had a had a burn and got to the crux and if you're not familiar with the climb there's a draw that you that you skip which it really isn't that bad but at the time I got pretty scared and um I think I may have even pretended to fall probably (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't have to climb further to take a bigger fall
0: so fear is Fear. why you've not sent
3: Yes, exactly So that's definitely affected me on a lot of climbs But um, yeah, that really feeds into one of the biggest reasons why I Especially you didn't send equalizer, So
0: it It's scary And I think that's something that a lot of people And a, a lot of us can kind of wrap up in different other emotions you are like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm a bit too pumped oh, I'm not quite comfortable on this And I need to get stronger If you boil down get rid of all the extra stuff Mm -hmm. fear is at the bottom of a lot of why people can't get things done
3: yeah yeah totally yeah no there's been heaps for me the biggest reason probably on most climbs that i usually (laughs) end up projecting and trying to red point um but yeah there's always an element of fear for me and like you know there's a lot of draws when you get to you know some harder stuff that you have to skip, you know, you can't, you can't clip the draw, it's just not possible. So yeah, like I've kind of got to figure out how I'm gonna address that and be okay with the falling and yeah, like it's definitely like a process I had to go through but um, which Nori always has to kind of (laughs) be there for the ride I guess but yeah, it's frustrating, like it's really frustrating when you know that you're just not doing something because you're scared and it can seem like really overwhelming and Yeah, when really, like, you know, it's irrational, completely irrational most of the time, like, falling super safe. But, yeah, I still get super scared.
0: (laughs) What do you feel like you get scared of? Like, where does the fear sit? I
3: think think a few things. Like, I've got a pretty wild imagination, which, yeah, mum likes. My mum's a psychologist. She likes to diagnose me as having (laughs) an anticipatory imagination with things. So... I'll imagine the worst thing possible with anything, any scenario. So that, <laughs> that's one thing. Um, yeah, and I guess I just kind of – it's different though. Like once I'm trying to redpoint something and it means a lot to me and I'm super focused, I guess, yeah, really focused, and I, it kind of does subside a lot. But those early stages of projecting, I find really hard to get to the stage of redpointing. So, it's really the, the projecting stage. Red pointing part seems a bit easier, but I mean, it's all part of the red pointing stage really, but yeah. The other
2: thing is to put it into context as well. Um, I think prior to trying that route, you'd done a stint of bouldering as well.
3: Yeah, true. And it
2: takes quite a while. Um, like, we we transition from bouldering to climbing quite regularly into you know, a little bit of each, but if you have a bit of a bouldering stint and you're off the rope for a while or if you just a boulder a full stop and you go and try and pull on a root and, you know, we all know there's plenty of boulders out there that boulder V12, V13, but if you put them on a rope and put them a few metres above a mm-hmm. bolt, they can't pull anywhere near, you know, <laughs> they there, you know, yeah, max, max, potential. max potential, absolutely. Yeah. So um, that equaliser wall, that sort of um, steeper end of ship lead, it's quite an intimidating section of wall as well. You sort of, it's only probably a fifteen metre route or twenty metre route, but it sort of overlooks the valley, and it, it's really quite intimidating when you're up on that wall, and mm-hmm. you know the wind's blowing, and you've got I to think. Do skipping
1: fire. draws always feels a bit spooky. Totally, yeah. yeah. often have the debate at um baronia point on don't believe the tribe about whether you clip the draw or you don't clip the draw the old debate yep but this it's quite a big fall if you yeah uh, if you do skip it and uh yeah i guess my experience of falling is that i've had two climbing injuries that have been because of one was being dropped and one was a bad catch when i fell off so i think Yeah, you don't want to wildly throw yourself at things, but you just want a really good belayer.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess rolling on from that, like I had had some pretty bad catches in the past, so (laughs) that probably fed into it a lot as well. Like, yeah, like, you know, upside down falls hitting my head and hard catches, like knee slamming into the cliff, Mm. which were like, you know, the minority of all of my experiences with falling, like it's totally fine, but... Yeah, like you don't want to wildly fall off a climb but at the same time the likelihood of actually injuring yourself Mm, is is pretty pretty unlikely. Yeah. So
1: have you, I guess um, we've talked to Annie Hugg, who's a Blue Mountains based climber about what she's done to try and not so much get over fear but to try and keep going one more move and one more move and that's focusing like getting into a bit of micro beta when she's on link Mm -hmm. and thinking about how she needs to grab the next hold, how she needs to place a foot on the next foothold. Yeah to stop sort of um going for more of a big picture view where she thinks about where she could come off Mm. so what sort of things have helped you
3: um sometimes like I think you've just got to I mean not all the time but I think you can just hoik the stick clip up the first time up a climb (laughs) because it's for me anyway it's the unknown like it's the unknown aspect like which I find really scary um but once I'm familiar and I know my beta and I know it so well and if it's hard enough for me too, like if it's a bit easier, I think it's easier to get really scared. Whereas I find myself, yeah, just not thinking about it as much if it's something that I'm peeking out on really. Like I'm more than willing to take a fall on something if I'm so distracted by how hard I'm trying. But more like... engaged in the route. Yeah, like I've gone climbing with you at Shipley Slabs, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you're warming up on Streaker 22, which... For me is probably it's more like a 28. 23, sorry, twenty three. Mm. Um, so it's probably twenty nine then. Twenty nine. <laughs> I've still got 29. a project there. Yeah. lady lady flats for twenty two. So it's <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's desperate.
2: It's really yep. hard. I yep. think that's yeah. twenty three
1: yeah. as well, maybe. Or maybe they've done it. Twenty two, yeah.
2: Is it twenty
3: one now? No, it might be twenty three. I can't remember. Oh,
2: wow. I think it's twenty two. It, okay, yeah. But anyway, it, yeah, it's pretty really yeah. intimidating.
3: That but yeah, like yeah, when I've got time to be really aware of myself and my climbing and, I don't know, it's just completely different. Like, I need to be so distracted by trying hard that it's kind of just fades away. And I just take the falls, like, non-dairy narrow. You I found really scary and I just had to take the falls over and over to be okay with it. That,
2: that initial sort of working period with a particular climb where you're not really at the stage to be red-pointing, and you don't feel as if you're close where you can just engage and focus on sending the thing, that's when I'm most scared, We yeah. you know. Whereas yeah, when mean. you get that emotional connection and you know you can do something, you know that you've just got to push to get to the chains, mm-hmm. that's when you sort of forget about the the falling so much. Or yeah. at least that's how, how it seems to work for yeah. me. Um, but I'd, I'd say that most people, you know, are, are, are similar in that way. But yeah. you only... You only get rid of that fear by just doing it, I think. Yeah, I you think know, you are
1: just got to keep climbing doing it.
2: And having encouraging people that mm. that can...
1: And sometimes you. I think dropping the level. So let's say the grade 28 or 29 is what you're trying to red point. Mm. Then having a mini project that might be a 27 or mm. a 26 that you know you should be able to do, maybe not on site, but pretty quickly. And, you know, it's, there's not going to be as many hard bits in it and they're going to be well within it you. And when you contrast that with what you're trying to red point you know, you have a day of red pointing or you red point and then you come back to that route at the end of the day or something, then it can feel easier, I think, to push above a draw as well. Yeah, I think that's yeah. really helpful. And you, then you get that practice at climbing continuously instead of, instead of saying take yep. all the time.
3: Yeah. No, it's definitely a mileage thing, I think, mm. for sure. Um, yeah, like I'm definitely not as, not as scared now as I used to be, but yeah, it's still so you're going to come back to away. Shipley
1: with me and get on the easy routes.
3: No, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the easier routes are scarier than the harder routes at Shipley. I've done it's my like Shipley apprenticeship fall into thin air on the harder routes or cheese grate your way down the slabs <laughs> on the easier <laughs> routes. I know what I prefer. <laughs> so,
3: if you can't tell, Nori and I aren't so crash hot at slabs, <laughs> can Don't I, let can me I put tell you us?
2: off going to Shipley? It's a lovely place.
3: Beautiful Uh,
1: Leah and I were climbing at Shipley Just for a quick little cute story Mm -hmm. And streaker named Desire The 23 warm-up that we were doing She cleaned it And was about to take the last drawer off A metre off the ground And she's like She said Okay, do you need to walk back? Like, what do I need to do? And braced herself for a big swing out But because it was a slab She stayed exactly where she was (laughs) And she was very (laughs) surprised that she didn't swing out
3: Yeah testament to my experience on slab <laughs> More slab climbing for you yeah
0: yeah so i guess like you know at the crux of that stuff is like working out where that fear comes from like what mm. what are you scared of and i think being really honest with yourself
1: it's interesting though because tom can i ask you on a general day of climbing so let's just say 90 percent of the days you go climbing do you feel scared to climb above a bolt no no because you ask me quite a lot, or that's I think people that don't get scared, they're like, "Where does the fear come from?" It's like some days it can come from the butterfly that just flew past your head. It's not sometimes the brown snake or the dead. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's not a rational thing. It's just there is no absolutely no reason at all that you should be concerned about climbing above the bolt and dropping twenty centimeters. Onto the bolt. And sometimes it's just you've got the jitters and you need to climb like half a move above the bolt, drop off, climb three quarters above the move uh, of the move mm. up and drop off just to get that like yep. annoying feeling out of your body. And sometimes you just can't master it. Yeah. But I think it's the more times you try and climb above a bolt, the better you get at it.
3: Yeah. No, I agree. There's definitely um, a
2: number of yeah, contributing factors. Coffee. Coffee. You know, God, so. That's true No, Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah, I'll have more than two coffees before can't I can't forget that. it. It's just I'm shaking. All I away. can't drink coffee at the cliff.. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I, I've experimented with every single different way of consuming coffee and trying to have it at the cliff because I really enjoy the flavor. does not work. Yeah. I get like mm-hmm. way too anxious and heart jittery and everything else, and I don't feel like that.: Yep, yeah. w- without it. Like yeah, it's not good for me stop having it
1: (laughs) Yeah, but yeah I'd say for anyone out there who's scared um, the things you need to do are stop climbing between from bolt to bolt Mm. Um, try and take some little mini falls but I still don't think fall practice on its own doesn't do it like I've tried that Mm. I think it's um, keeping on your project and trying to push mentally on your project but also dropping it back just a grade or a grade and a bit like Mm. to a Uh, if you're trying, like I said before, if you're trying 29, try a soft 27 or um, a soft 28 or a hard 26.
3: Going out on signing and flashing too, I reckon, helps a lot. Yeah. Stuff below your limit.
1: And knowing that your rule is you talk to your belayer about it and the rule is you're not saying take. And you say to your belayer, I'm going to feel a bit nervous when I get to that bit. So can you just say, I'm with you. I've got Mm -hmm." you. Instead of saying, come on you've got to go and you're thinking i am really shitting myself right now Mm. when they say i've got you i'm with you then it just you just think all right i'm just gonna keep trying
3: also i think there's the other end of the spectrum too like i don't know like you see it at the cliff you know like people um you know they're obviously new and they're trying to be comfortable climbing above the bolt and they're so freaked out and you know they just want the belay to take and you know they just need to sit on the bolt for a bit they're clearly not in a good state like I had that happen to me several times when I first started climbing and I was so like traumatized from the experience like of it being just pushed yeah being pushed yeah. like I yeah I remember being at slider in the Glasshouse mountains in Queensland and yeah like just being so terrified like getting to the top but just being like borderline in tears like it was just horrible like I didn't I just, yeah, it made it worse for me. So I think mm. you really need to have that fine balance with all of that stuff. Like, don't push someone to breaking point. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's okay to take baby steps too. Like, yeah, But be honest with yourself. Like, why are you scared? Is it, is it rational fear? Like, mm. yeah. The other
2: thing is, and just sort of going back a little bit here, you know, you said, you know, on that particular route, that draw is just not clipped, and it's not possible. And and you're probably right. I don't know if anyone that's climbed it and has clipped that particular draw, mm-hmm. but I will point at, out that um, having climbed with Leah now for six years, six five six years, and watch her repeat some of the routes I did, I don't know seven or eight years ago, where I've gone. There's no way I'm clipping that draw because I'm just going to get pumped and I don't need to clip it because I'm not going to hit the ground if I fall. Leah's actually, when she's climbed it, mentally she has found that it would be better to clip that drawer, and she does, and she still sends the root. So for her, she's better off actually clipping the draw, and then mentally she's more stable to send the root and clip the chains. I
1: see so many people do that on Don't Believe the Tripe at Baronia. They are shitting themselves so much that you c- they choke Every time going for the pinch, Mm. and I think for when they've skipped the draw, they decide to
0: skip the crux draw, yeah, and try and do the crux move. Having skipped the crux draw, yeah, but the
1: thing is, you're going to be so stonkingly pumped that they know they can get that hold, but in their head, it's like, if I get that hold, then I've got to do two more moves or two and a half more moves until I get a pocket that I can clip from. If, if I'm I, not pumped If I'm enough. not too pumped. Mm. And so, I mean, for me, I, it's not hard to clip that drawer and it's just I'm, I'll skip the next one if I have to to get to the chains because it feels comfortable enough skipping mm. the next one. But if I skip that crux one, it will play on my mind and I won't be able to focus as much on the crux. So mm-hmm. I don't think – I think sometimes you don't need to skip you a You don't drawing. have to be better a hero clipping clipping. all the time. And you're better exactly. off yeah. clipping.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. when I look back, it's like, oh, well, why did I skip it? Oh, because the people that I was watching try it or the people it. I was fine <laughs> with skipped it. So I just thought, oh, that's what you do. <laughs> Unless
3: it's a dogging bolt. That's probably a different story and yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. super impossible. But, yeah, like I think – it's funny. I think sometimes it's just trendy to skip a bolt but if – you can't send the climb. If you don't clip it, then just clip the damn bolt. Yeah, that know.
0: almost comes back to what Nori was talking about earlier with the tunnel vision. Yeah. Just getting like wrapped up into someone else's beta or your own yeah. beta or whatever. And it's like come at, come at it with an open mind yeah. and you do what you need to do to be able to send this route. Like yeah. Set it up so that you can do it and give yourself every single possibility to, to make it happen.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Yeah. The reason why I have not sent is getting ahead of myself. So 2019 is the third season that I have spent down on my project at the underworld. It's a projector that I bolted a few years ago and I've now spent three years on it and three pretty consistent seasons. Um, I reckon I'm probably probably close to 60 days on it now. Um, And Nori, I was down there with you on the third season, towards the end of the season. um, I kept on falling off the second last move. It's like, I think it's 15 or 16 moves and it's probably gonna weigh in at somewhere around the 36, 37 range. And I kept on falling off the second last move, which is this kind of dead point move to a letterbox slot. And if you hit that, you cut loose, paste your feet back on jump to the jug, boom, over. It's like another two metres that your grandma can climb up to the anchor. I'd never fallen off that last move. Kept on falling off the second last move, boom, off, 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 off.
1: It was happy days in our house.
2: It was a lot of times that I'd fallen off that move. I will say though, I was impressed at how calm you were when you fell off on that day because I don't think anyone that has seen the f- I have the footage of that and
0: I'll link it to I'll link to it in the show notes that is the biggest dummy, dummy spit that I've ever had in my <laughs> entire life my throat was so sore so you from the, the decibels story then, that I hit cut to the end okay so nori's belaying me we're down there conditions i'm feeling good and, and it's and like let
2: me just put it into context again i i'm a bit of a lucky charm i like to think i'm a lucky charm yeah so and I it, oh, it nearly was again so yeah. the stars Norrie's, were lining nori uh belayed
0: me on the first ascent of baker's dozen which is uh a 35 down at the pit and i'd fallen off that a lot and then he came down on this like random off day and he, he and leah and um, just belayed me And was like, oh yeah, cool, this is Tom's project And belayed or me I let
2: everyone else do all the hard work And I just come along for yeah. the send Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so Nori's kind of like the I think Lee Cooges is the bridesmaid And Nori's the bride or whatever Sorry, Lee He shows up He's belaying me And I hit this last move That I'd never hit before And it's hit the slot And I hit it really well It's like, oh my god this is going to happen. I've got one move to go. My feet cut off. I go to swing them back on. It's like, dude, Tom, you've just done the route. This is it. Like, it's over. Three seasons worth of effort and all this training and all this mental torture, it's all over. This is it. You've done the route. This is like the hardest piece of climbing that you've ever done. This is fucking amazing. Like, It's insane. I'd already celebrated the champagne cork was popped. Like I was writing my victory speech. It was all over. I threw up for the final jug just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I could feel the sunshine and angels (laughs) and I missed the hold. (laughs) I hit it. My body position was completely out of the position and suddenly I'm falling through the air and I'm sitting on the end of the rope screaming myself hoarse. And it was all over because I'd gotten ahead of myself. There's a lesson to be learned there. Do not get ahead of yourself. It is not over until it's over. It's like what we were saying before when you just got to keep on trying and you're not off until you're off. It's like it's not over until it's over. Mm. It's not over until you clip that final quick draw, clip the anchor, grab the last hold. Like do not celebrate until it's over. And I, I switched off and that's a bummer because I didn't really get a chance to get back there and then I got injured and blah, 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 blah. So and now
1: you've got to wait until 2021.
0: It's going to be far out, like two years between falling off that and coming back to it. Not quite two years, but yeah, near enough. I missed all of the 2020 season due to injury.
1: How was the hissy fit, Nori, when he came off? I can't
2: remember it, so it can't have been too bad, but I'm I'm... <laughs> Yeah, well known for being deaf, I actually. Industrial deafness got me good. So. And you need to wear glasses <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've belayed on quite a few good dummy spits as well. So it takes quite a bit to impress me, I think, in the dummy spit <laughs> department. But yeah, look, it was it was yeah, it was good. But he came down to the ground and, and uh and and you were disappointed but you took it really well. I remember thinking that. I remember thinking that if it was me. I probably would have like thrown chalk bags, shoes, bags, ropes off the cliff and they would have never been seen again potentially. But um, yeah. The
0: the footage of it is like me coming off and having a complete dummy spit and just going after maybe 10 seconds going, wow, wow. (laughs) That was crazy because it was just like... Was that your... Did you have a shot after that? Like I think so. I think that was my second or third go of the day and then I had a f- fourth or third go, whatever it was. I remember- yeah, I'd fallen off a couple of times because I've got the footage. Yeah. And then um, that go and then I think I had one more that was a bit
2: crap. But yeah. But I remember every shot looking like you know um obviously i wasn't didn't wasn't that familiar with the route but i remember every shot thinking oh this looks good like yeah. it's going to happen it was and th- i think off.
0: that was the funny thing was like even leading up to that and this is it probably ties into the same thing was like i felt like it could go anytime it was like this could be the go that i climb the hardest thing i've ever done and like this Grade is eight
1: thirty seven
0: significant like to me as a thing and it's just like awesome and i was so incredibly nervous each time i pulled off the ground because like this could be the go and there's just no room on that route to like get into a flow because it's so hard like each of the 15 or 16 moves i can't remember is so difficult and i was thinking about the end when i was on the third move I was like you, you just you can't be in that space it's like you just need to be in the present and I think when I started to have some really good goes it was like I was thinking about each individual move not the one that had to come after that it was like the one that I'm currently doing it's like just do this well make sure you're doing it well what are the cues that my body needs to be doing what position do I need to be in like how is this meant to happen do it execute this piece of movement right now perfectly and I was too fixated on what was going to happen in the future than what was happening in the present rather than being in the moment yeah I was just getting too ahead of myself
1: what's that the press conference
0: the press conference yeah yeah sorry yeah thanks for the boys you know we all dug in done real well eh (laughs) and it was just like just
2: not good you just you need to be there in the present it, it's very true in saying that, but I remember um, somebody said to me like years ago, 12 years ago or something when I first started climbing that, you know, if you want to be a climber and you want to climb at a particular level before you actually do that, you need to believe that you can do it. So totally get what you're saying, but at the same time, in order to achieve what it is you're trying to, uh, to, to climb you need to believe you can do it. So, you have you know, you've sat, whatever, in the lounge chair at home, laying in bed at night, visualising that moment, climbing and perfecting every single move and, you know, hitting that final jug, jug and clipping the chains and you'd visualised and believed that. And so much to the point that it's, it's nearly happened, right? <laughs> but as you say, you've just sort of... Gotten a little one bit ahead of yourself early. and and celebrated that little bit too early mm. but um yeah once again it's a, it's a fine line it's like earlier we were sort of talking about stubbornness it's a similar thing as well isn't it because yeah if you weren't able to sort of visualize yourself doing that you wouldn't have gotten there in the first place so it's that sort of fine line isn't it yeah yeah i think anyone that's gotten to
0: that point in projecting has just gone through that full mental battle of oh is it this time is it next time like i'm gonna do it today and
1: what should i be thinking what should i be feeling how warm do i need to be yeah my fingers are too cold what does that mean yeah am there. i too
0: pumped am i recruited enough Foot slip like,
1: before you get your knee bar in but i think it's just staying present in the moment
0: and i think that's what you know that, that's the flow state isn't it and that's what we all try and achieve and that's something that every now and then we tap into I think in our climbing it's.
1: Life. It, I mean, I think writing down that stuff is really helpful. It's. I think we all have moments of it when we're climbing. I think even in the warm up, if you're not too busy yabbing to your friend, because it's easy enough that you don't have to think. Like I think probably practicing what eat whether it's cues like what the actual rock feels like on your fingers. Sometimes you don't want to think about that because it's sharp. Yeah. Um, you know that uh a really cool move on the route or a section of the route that flows really nicely. And you just get yourself in the zone there. But I think trying to practice getting that headspace is good.
0: Yeah, and that's what we get from, you know, like Leah's thing, talking about feeling a little bit scared and build, building up a little bit of resilience was just finding that flow state on some easier routes mm-hmm. and that are stimulating enough but not...
1: I think that's it actually. Like to um, simplify that one, it is about how, um, how, how much of the stimulus you have so you know if you're trying to adjust to jumping off a higher cliff into water you might be one of those people that can just start at a 20 meter jump but you know if you progress up by five meter increments then you build up to the 20 meters that you want to jump down into the ocean or whatever but if you try and start too high then it's just too much to push yourself over the edge so Mm.
2: this could be a tricky question to answer but how many how many days, how many sessions in total do you think that you would have spent on your hump of trouble project?
1: 3,265 million.
2: Are you keeping? Are you still keeping a tally? I haven't kept a tally since yeah. day one. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. But I reckon I've done some rough math and I reckon it's probably close to about that 60 days and I reckon I've probably had it at the very least three goes each day. Sure, yeah. for sixty goes. days, probably four goes on a lot of those days. Mm. Um, it's pretty
1: funny when you. It's I, a lot of attempts. when you hear people at the cliff. Um, I think, I guess, my experience of climbing has been spending a lot of time with first ascensionists and belaying first ascents. or belayed a lot of first ascents, or belayed on a lot of routes that have become first ascents. So I've seen how routes evolve and how much time it can take to do a project. So for me, that is not shocking in any way, shape or form. But I'll see, um, you know, newer climbers at the cliff and they'll they'll have had 10 goes on something and they're like, oh, it's too many goes. It's too many. You can't project that. It's too hard if I can't do it after 10 goes. It's like, (laughs) that's not true. But because it might be a 25 or a 28 or a 29 or a 30 and it's not groundbreaking, they feel that they don't need they shouldn't be putting that much time in i think mm. yeah
0: it took me half a season to be able to do to clip a drawer wasn't it like to put it in a perspective yeah just
2: clipping the drawers on that
0: thing yeah it took me a couple of months to work out how to clip one of the drawers yeah. and probably half a season to put all the moves together and so, then it's of 15 moves like it's, you do like three moves to get up to where i call it being started which is basically just establishing yourself onto a little ledge and then it's 15 or 16 moves to get to the bit where you could like do some sort of like wwe tap out and your grandma could go to the top it took me yeah like four months to work out how to do 15 moves
2: having had that experience how would you approach so when you are able to get back onto hump of trouble, what have you learned from that experience and how do you think that you would change your approach to future projects?
0: Um,
2: and you have touched on it already, I know, but yeah. is there any one particular thing that?
0: Well, yeah, so like the trying to find some calm in what you're doing and trying to um, take each day for what it is and each go for what it is and each move for what it is mm. like it was, it was really easy to get ahead of myself and i guess that's the point of this is like i got too far ahead of myself on each move it's like just chill and it's like how, how am i meant to do this move mm. do it well how am i meant to do the next move i'm going to do that well and not worry about what's happening in three moves time like not worrying about how my arms feel not worrying about like what my skin's doing it's like just do what I presently have in front of me as best as I possibly can and the rest will happen later it's like what has happened has happened what will happen will happen but the thing I can do now is what I can do I'm going to do that to the best of my ability and I think taking that narrowed in, but also like a this big picture approach to roots is um is what I'll take into the future. It's just like it is what it is like do do what you can do now
2: and not worry about the future and don't dwell on the past. It's yeah interesting, obviously done a bunch of climbing with you over the years have sort of been lucky enough to climb with other, you know, higher profile climbers um, on Petzl Rock Trip and Alex Megos and people of the likes. But they are all really good at trying as hard as they can in that moment. And when you see somebody gritting their teeth and pulling and screaming as hard as they can it makes me look at my climbing and a lot of other climbers and go geez what am i doing you know so so really these you know these really good climbers um, they don't do everything as easily as we think they're actually just really good at trying as hard as they possibly can in that moment yeah having watched adam ondra
0: climb in person alex megos climb in person and a, a bunch of Boulderers in rocklands and and that sort of thing, like Ethan Pringle and like all these people, like they just try really hard for that one thing, and that's
1: but I think all also that matters like in front of them. Having watched them climb and having watched you climb, I think um, it's also about believing you're going to figure out the move and believing you're strong enough to do the move. Like um, Tom's got a project at Nara that like you look at it and you just think well there's nothing to hold on to but it's just about getting your body body it's sort of weird body climbing that looks like it's going to be really hard like too hard but you just keep trying and you put it together don't you
0: yeah i guess so yeah
1: just well, it's, invest it seems some time. like also i think most people will it seems that 90 percent for too many moves f- there's a decision that's made that it's too hard that but it looks to me on the recent projects that I've belayed you on that 90% for multiple moves in a row is what you expect the route to feel like
0: yeah i guess so it's like 90% 90% 90% 90% M- might only be 40% of what was 100% earlier <laughs> but you're still trying really fucking hard
3: do you yeah. think that kind of maybe is because, like, a lot of people, like, it's just easier to take the excuse of it's too hard and that's what separates, you know, some climbers, with, from others. you know, from other climbers who get to climb these, you know, push themselves a lot harder like you guys have. Like, it's just, just so much easier to say, oh, no, yeah, it's too hard. I can't do it in the first three sessions or whatever like i'll just move on
1: i mean some people have got a, a good friend of ours that he doesn't enjoy pressure mm. he likes red point. he likes um, on-siding and doing things quickly because he just really finds the feeling of pressure that comes from red pointing if he doesn't do it quickly just too much mm. so it makes climbing not fun yeah. and you know i spent a couple of days trying to talk him into pushing through that but at the end of the day that's not what is fun about climbing for him and there's enough roots for him to do in the world that he never has to push himself in that way but i think for i mean i like trying hard and I'm trying to try harder and harder <laughs> but um and really want to tap into that ability to be just screaming and wailing off every hold mm. rather than which is more of an on-site mentality almost that you bring into red pointing i think mm. rather than that refined perfect precision climbing where everything feels really controlled it looks really fun from the outside.
3: I think you're getting there, Amanda. <laughs> I've seen you screaming lately. <laughs> it, it is interesting.
2: Whaling. It is interesting though because you sort of um you know as we climb as like I guess the older I get and you know, I sort of reflect on times where maybe i haven't been awfully psyched on climbing and just coming back to the example that you've given of people don't like to put that pressure on themselves i've had periods at work where you'll have and we all all have you know we have like five stressful days mm. in the row in a row and you've got two days off to go out and climb on rock. Mm. And and for me, and this is for everyone, but for me, the last thing I feel like doing is tying in and being run out above the bolt and screaming my guts out, you yeah. know. So there are periods and, and yeah, mm. totally, Definitely. as you say, where you just don't want to put that extra pressure on yourself. And the beautiful mm. part about climbing, I guess, is It's it choose is your own adventure. Is, and yeah. You choose your own adventure and it is what it is. But there's certainly something to be said for being able to flick that switch and just try and pull as hard as you can, mm. Um, mm.
3: yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's like you,
0: I don't know. People have said it in the past. It's like your brain's a muscle, and maybe by Friday afternoon, that muscle is completely pooped. It might as well have done, you know, the equivalent of a thousand chin-ups each day for the past five days. It's like mm-hmm. it's got nothing by Saturday lunchtime when you were planning on red pointing like it's just done and Mm. you just
1: need to drop it back a couple of days and just do some easy laps
0: to what's going on Mm. and just move on and just give yourself a break but yeah know when it is actually time to just push as well
1: yeah and how you create the space in your life so you can cope with doing that if that's what you want to do yeah
0: yeah well i think that pretty much sums it up Guys, thank you so much. They were the four reasons that we did not send to wrap it up. Nori, yours was tunnel vision. Amanda, you wanted it to feel easier after watching everyone warming up on it and maybe not realizing how hard everyone else was trying as well. Leah, maybe getting a little bit scared and working out. Maybe we just need to take some steps towards making things seem a little bit more comfortable and moving towards that. And for me, just getting ahead of myself, tasting the cake before it was actually in my hands. Mm -hmm. So hopefully everyone's maybe learnt a little bit of something from there. You can uh, learn from our mistakes and uh, not fall into the potholes of red pointing that we have. Perhaps you will and you'll learn the lessons a little bit better because uh, I always feel like you can be told something but until you've actually experienced it, you haven't really learned it. So anyway, thank you everyone for listening in. Thanks guys for coming along. Thank Leah you guys. Mary. It's been thank a pleasure. You. Amanda, thanks for being here.
1: Yep, you need to wrap it up so you can clean the kitchen up.
0: <laughs> we got a dishwasher for that.